This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. Okay, so now that you have an idea of what a rogue, kind of how they typically present themselves, uh, let's just cover some of the the basic features of the class that you're going to get right off the bat. Level one, every rogue gets them, regardless of the build, so that you can get a better idea of um, how these things kind of come together to actually create this character that's very sneaky, you know, deft with what they're doing, all of that. Yeah, so some of the kind of mechanical class features. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, uh, rogues are kind of like in the middle when it comes to their hardiness and their martial ability. Uh, they have a D8, which is which is kind of average, uh, considering that the only real uh, hit dice out there are going to be your D6, D8, D10, D12. So it's right there in the middle. Um, not too, too robust, but um, they're going to basically get that plus con modifier. They can use light armor because mobility is really the key for them. Um, And they've got simple weapons, uh, but you can also add to that rapiers, short swords, and long swords, and then hand crossbows because this is not canonically how hand crossbows work, but the, you know, the outlaw from the old west that has the retractable uh, gun up the sleeve at the poker table that kind of comes out all of a sudden, or like it's strapped to the bottom of the table, they can just kind of grab it. Like that's hand crossbows, that's the vibe for sure. Um, I'd love to see that in either like a multi-classing with an artificer, or mm-hmm. that like somebody else in the party is an artificer and like makes these contraptions that would be really great for a rogue or some of the different classes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Or like a uh, multi-class with like a warlock or eldritch knight or something where they have the bonded weapon, they can just summon it and just get hand crossbow to the face be great um they get thieves tools which are really cool um thieves tools are what you need to open a chest or unlock a door or disable a trap you can do it without it but it's a lot harder now are Um, thieves tools just like is there more to it than just like a lock pick is it a collection of items that like include lock picks because when i think of thieves tools for some reason my brain's like oh it's just lock picks but there's it's probably, I mean, it serves more purposes, so there would have to be more objects in there. Yeah, that's the most common um, thing that's in there, but actually, according to the player's handbook, basically there's a small file, a set of lockpicks, a small mirror mounted on a metal handle, which is awesome for seeing around corners <laughs> and, like, looking into, uh, like, uh, crevices door, and things to yeah. see, like, you know, how is this locking mechanism going to work, a set of narrow-bladed scissors, great for trimming your eyebrows, and a set of pliers. Uh, so basically it's, it's more than just that, but it's, it's almost like a jeweler's kit, you know, in real life, but not quite. So, but it's a lot of really great, uh, things in here. And basically what it does is lets you add your proficiency bonus to ability checks you make to disarm traps or open locks. Uh, so yeah. Um, so that's what's in there and their saving throws, uh, dexterity and intelligence, which is cool. Um, I'm always a little curious about the intelligence part because there are some, um, you know, subclasses of rogue that do use intelligence. We'll talk about one of them here soon. But oftentimes, I usually would go wisdom-based because of things like perception. 
um, as opposed to you know in uh, investigation because you know seeing noticing the trap in the first place is probably what the job of a rogue is more than you know now what can you tell me about it so there's you can do it different ways That's and then true. they get to they get four skills to start out with which is great i i think only them and like the bard maybe get that many um, and you can choose from acrobatics, athletics, athletics uh, acrobatics, of course, is amazing, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, or stealth. Now, if you add the two you also get from any typical background, that's six. I mean, and there's only so 11 there to begin with. Uh-huh. And then... If you've picked a race um, like, you know, human or half-elf or elf, um, you get even more. And things like orc and tiefling, they usually get other ones as well. So it's super easy to start the game being proficient in seven to eight skills, which is nuts. Jack of um, all trades, master of most. <laughs> yeah, master of none. Well, he's master of like 65% mm, of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, so th these guys aren't jack of all trades. They are master of many trades because, mm -hmm. as we all know, roguery is a complicated profession. It requires a lot of skills. So, yeah. And then starting equipment, they're going to get either a rapier or a short sword. Rapier is amazing because it's like a D8 for damage and it is a... Um, a finesse weapon, so you can choose strength or dexterity, um, and then which also you, plays into some of the other abilities that you have that we'll get into in a minute too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, back to the show regular, but we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also can choose a short bow and a quiver, twenty arrows, or another short sword. Uh, burglar's pack, dungeoneering pack, or explorer's pack, and then also leather armor, two daggers, and thieves tools. So you're going to come out. Pack's of fun. That's the first. That's one of the first, well, I mean, this is the second race we've, or class we've talked about, but it's not an option that you see on most class, in any other classes, really? There's probably For a burglar's pack? Yeah. Um, you might get one through a, a feat or a background, perhaps. This is like, but... otherwise, it's kind of the only way you can get it is if you're a rogue. Because that's, I'm not used to hearing that term just because it doesn't pop up that often for a burglar's pack. No, it's true, yes. And burglar's pack is great because it comes with a bag of a thousand ball bearings which is great because you can use it to make people trip and there's all sorts of stuff like string and a bell and candles crowbar all the usual stuff but it's unusual in the sense that it uh, has the ball bearings kind of in there so that's fun um yeah so that's all the equipment and the stuff that you get uh, uh as far as like items and stuff so uh, what would be your with. recommendation for items like if they're choosing between a rapier or a short sword a short bow uh or another short sword like one of the packs, what would you recommend for equipping a rogue? So you have to think about it. Like, do you want to be able to, are, are you going to be more of a ranged person, like striking from the distance and then a rapier to fall back on uh, when things get up close and personal? Great. If you want to be dual wielding two short swords, excellent. But you can't um, do that right away, right? That would have to wait. That would be like preemptive for leveling up. Uh, no, because anyone can um, can can do dual wielding. It's just oh, that you don't right. get to you don't get to add your um, uh, your 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 bonus to the damage of that second hit. 
So, right. um, but if you chose to be a human and took the opening feet and you did that, then great, you could do that. Um, so there's other ways to do it. Uh, but yeah, two short swords is, is really common. This is kind of like that ranger vibe of, of you get those two short uh, swords. And then if you end up doing the two short swords and not the bow and arrow, your daggers really help out because they're thrown objects. Mm -hmm. So you can, um, you can get some range out of it that way as well. But uh, typically I kind of do rapier short bow. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and uh, then I like the Burglar's Pack a lot, uh, but also... It's uh, just then, like, it's just made for shenanigans, which it is, is it great. Is. <laughs> yeah, and Explorer's Pack is a really great all-purpose one, so I would go with that as well. But um, yeah, and then at first level, there's two kind of like uh, a class abilities you get. You get, going back to the skills, it's all about skills and training with these guys, expertise, which is part of what makes rogues so broken is basically at first level you can choose two of your skills or one of your skills and your thieves tools so one of those seven or eight or nine um, <laughs> I just, ah, I don't um so uh and basically you get to double your proficiency bonus when it's applied to that check so you already get proficiency right off the gate with mm -hmm. a good chunk of your skills. Yes. And then on top of that, a couple of them you can like get double proficiency on. Right. So the most common one is to like do stealth, right? And so let's say you have a plus three to your dexterity and your proficiency bonus at first level is plus two. So that's a plus five to a stealth check. But if you did expertise, now it's plus seven at first level. That's Which insane. Is, it is, and it's this only is, going yeah. to go up from yeah. there. <laughs> um, in fact, by the time you get to, let me look to double check, level five, it's that seven's going to be a nine. Um, actually, no, scratch that ten. It's going to be a ten. Yeah. And that's not even hard. That's like just... Table yeah, stakes. and then again at ninth level, again at thirteenth mm -hmm. level, again at seventeenth level. In yeah. addition to all the other stuff you get when you level up, so exactly, yeah. yeah. And what's really cool is that you don't have to choose two skills; you can choose a skill and your ability to use your thieves tools, which is everything. It's not just like lock picking, like we just talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like you things. only, yeah. So there's actually a lot of, and you could probably, you know, uh, and this is not the right word, but argue with your DM. Uh, yeah, you, you could come to you an agreement or adjudicate, that. yeah. Yeah, that it would be, that it would apply to this particular situation because you would use a thieves tool or something yeah, like that. I've seen it done pretty commonly that instead of being proficient with your thieves tools, is they apply it instead to sleight of hand checks. Oh, okay. Because instead of being, trying to like palm the coin, it's doing slight movements with your hands. And if you have thieves tools, it makes it even better. And so that opens up things a little bit wider. So that's a pretty common homebrew thing, but not exactly rules as written, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so by the way, at a sixth level, you can choose two more of your million proficiencies and get expertise with those so as well. So four proficiencies by sixth level are gonna have mm -hmm. expertise. Yes. And then the bread and butter, everyone's favorite, at first level, you get sneak attack. This is the one. This, this is, the, is one. the one that likes just everything breaks down for a DM. <laughs> yeah, it can. It can. It really can. So here's the thing, though. is, is The reason why it's so difficult is it basically lets them do 
extra damage. Um, you can do an extra D6 of damage under certain conditions, and that goes up with your uh, your your class level um, from 1D6 all the way up to 10D6, maxing out at level 19. But it's really commonly around the 2 to 3D6. And the problem is, is that other uh, characters have to like work really hard to like bump in extra damage like that, like using spell slots and smites and that kind of thing, or get a crit. Mm -hmm. um, with sneak attack, all you have to do is hit a creature with an attack that you have advantage on the roll, and you have to be used either using a finesse or a range weapon. Now you don't need advantage on the attack roll. This if is the an, one. Yeah, <laughs> this is the part that's enemy, broken. If another enemy of the target, by the way, it just has to be an enemy of your target. It doesn't be friends with you, just an enemy with your target. Is within five feet of the target, then you don't have to have advantage. As long as that enemy that's giving you kind of the help isn't incapacitated and you don't have disadvantage outright on the roll. So, yeah, as long as you're going into battle with a friend, typically... You can do this, and it doesn't run out. The only caveat is it, only, it can happen once per turn. Now, I will say this, and people will be like, wait, what? Or they'll just hate it and disagree with me, and well, we don't do that at my table. Great, no problem. This is just rules as written. It doesn't say once on your turn. It says once per turn. So later, if someone triggers an opportunity attack, that's someone else's turn. If you meet the conditions, you can sneak attack again with your reaction. Broken. Don't tell your don't tell your players, Casey. Um, broken. I'm. It broken. just. Uh, yeah. It's not broken. It's just what they get to do. Okay. It's just what they get to do. Okay. Well, um, if you compare level one rogue getting to do your extra one d six of damage on top of like a one d eight to begin with, and then level one wizard that's just like here's my cantrip that's one d four. Like, <laughs> right, and even if they, yeah, no, I know, I know, uh, yeah, it's it's a. Again, this falls under like the fireball rule. Like fireball as a third level spell is like way overpowered, but it's legacy. It's like always kind of been done this way, and mm -hmm. so I think sneak attack falls under that same category where like if they had done something different, people would have rioted probably, and declare sneak attacks on them, uh, but. Yeah, so it's kind of how it is, but, you know, it is what it is, and it makes it a great class. So, so with yes, the whole uh, uh, enemy of my enemy thing in yes. here for the sneak attack, could you hypothetically, if there was, like, a bard in the party, could they mm -hmm. charm one of the enemies to, like, start bickering with, with to, somebody to... else, and then suddenly now they're an ally? <laughs> Well, they don't need to be an ally, just an Well, yeah, but, like, the there's target. somebody that's, like, against yeah. them. Because, like, you're like, hey, that, I think that person stole your lunch this afternoon. Yeah, like, that isn't... That was you? And then suddenly they're in a tiff? Like, would that count? <laughs> it depends on the table and depends on what effect was being used. But, yes, that is entirely possible. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sneak attack. Uh, yeah, so that's sneak attack. That Does that change... As as you level up, does that change, or is it just the dice damage that increases it, it, the, over The prerequisites levels? don't really change uh, just with the class. It's just the damage gets goes up and up and up. Okay. Uh, it also helps if you yell sneak attack at the same time. Yes. <laughs> well, that one also, the other, the other way that this continues to build is that 
once you we'll get to this we'll get to it this is going to be that episode we'll get to it, it in is. a minute it is um, yeah. we haven't done it in a while we've got a lot of catching up to do yeah we uh, when you get to second level there is another trait that you get that will make this also um very helpful so we'll get we'll get to that in a minute so we yeah. got sneak attack at first level the other thing that you get right off the bat is a, a language um mm -hmm. called thieves can't uh yeah so um oh yeah that's not second level it's it's uh first yeah not that's bad. right out the gate yeah right off the gate so thieves can't let me tell you thieves can uh thieves can't basically is a subtle ways or secret ways of communicating uh like short or simple messages to people who are in the know um you could think of this as like how you know a, um in a baseball game the coaches are sending signals to their runners to like steal second or whatever you can also think of it like cockney rhyme scheme where you're pretty sure they're speaking english but you're not really sure what they're saying right uh, and now to clarify you said it's a, like a simpler like mm -hmm. short form but it actually takes longer to communicate with in the in yes. the guide it says it takes four times longer to say the same thing in thieves can't as it does in like common or whatever right. your and, your first language is right and most of the time i see this kind of laid out as like like almost like okay this is going to be a deep cut did you know that hobos like the guys who run on trains and stuff that they had a secret language very much like this where they would basically use like um like graffiti and tags to let you know like oh hey don't go to this house a policeman lives here or this house is always good for food or hey uh, they always check this car don't sleep in this one no i i didn't know yeah. that but for some reason i'm not remotely surprised that you know that uh thanks uh now i want to play a hobo rogue that sounds amazing that's a subclass i need to make right away um so basically it's uh, so it's like simple ideas like that i usually see it play like that like um Things like, are you ready, um, or danger, or empty, that kind of stuff. Um, but through a long conversation, you could be having a conversation about the weather, but kind of like Cold War Spycraft, other messages are being encoded into it, where you have to read between the lines, sometimes it's literally. It's supposed to rain on Tuesday. <laughs> I hear she'll get an umbrella herself, and you're like, oh no, she committed suicide, what do I do? Um, I've lost my contact, right? So... Um, and you've seen this in media being played up to comedic effect. Um, I had an idea the other day. I don't know if I was talking with someone. It might have been you where I decided from now on the way my thieves can't works in my games is, you know, someone speaks thieves can't because they'll be holding a platinum piece because no one uses platinum and it's dumb and stupid and no one likes you. Wait, okay, no. no, Electrum, uh, excuse me. No, Electrum, Electrum. is yeah, the okay. one that's dumb and no. stupid. You know what, you're right and I'm wrong. I'm in Electrum, I'm dumb and stupid. Um, Electrum, exactly. Because we even talked about that like a year ago where you're like, explain Electrum. And I would like, I'd rather not. Yeah, um, it's not worth it. Yeah, so Electrum, like when they're holding Electrum a piece, it kind of signals that they're part of like the Thieves Guild and you know they do certain things with that piece like it has like inverted meanings and that kind of stuff it's like that'd be an actual useful way to use electrum for once so yeah yes so I it, like it's, it. it it's the criminal version of of uh of uh druid craft and uh their kind of druidic language 
But uh, right. yeah. And the idea there is that it's something that, you know, these rogues have picked up while they've been training to, you know, be stealthy. And in these like thieves guild, these the underground circles mm-hmm. that they run in, it's kind of like the language that spoke or, you know, the, the terminology that's used in those groups that they learned from, which I think is the idea. Would you say that it would be a harder language to learn if like a rogue wanted to teach it to someone, would you say it's more complex because of that or not really? I think it's complex uh, for two reasons. One, you'd have to have someone who's been initiated or a part of that world teach it to you. This is not something you could pick up um, Mm -hmm. just along your travels or reading a book the way that it's kind of presented. Uh, And then on top of that, it seems like it's not as robust of a language because it, it does talk about like short, simple messages. And then also you think about all the context, right? Where you're having to, um, like, it's like watching a uh, an Ocean's Eleven movie where they say, they kind of like make all these oblique references to different kind of heists and strategies. And half yeah. the time the audience and even some of the members and characters are like, what? Like, so there's so much contextual stuff going on here. So it, it, I, I think it would be kind of difficult to learn for a lot of those reasons, but entirely possible. Thank you guys so much for listening in. This episode was brought to you by Quests for Authenticity, a coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. If you are curious how you'd measure up to your character, visit www.questsforauthenticity.com to take a free quiz and find out. If you're enjoying the content that Jason and I create on the compendium, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. For as little as $2 a month, you can not only help support the content that we create and contribute to the type of content that we record for upcoming episodes, but you'll also be helping us offset the expenses that come with hosting, recording, and running a podcast like this. New episodes of the Compendium are published twice a week, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're always the first to know every time a new episode comes out. And as always, thank you guys for listening in, and we will see you next time.